Hello, I am here with Lori Peters with Habitat for Humanity. Thank you for being here, Lori. Good morning, Shay. Thank you. Yes, for having us. absolutely. Absolutely. So right now is probably a pretty busy time for you guys at Habitat for Humanity, right? Yes, we have different periods of different kinds of busy, busyness mm-hmm. through the year. Mm-hmm. 2021 uh, was busy the entire year. There was no downtime, but um, I think we'll be back to normal here for the, for 2022. And yeah, uh, yeah. so every, um, every period of the year is just a different type and a different kind of busy, mm-hmm. depending on where we're at in our cycle of uh, habitat. Yes, so you guys are actually doing... Cookie kits. I a lot of us here at KW Elite yeah. purchased a lot of your cookie kits. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and how you guys raise funds for it and who kind of puts those kits together. Because I've okay. had a lot of people who are really impressed with. Oh yeah, them. Well, yeah, it's great to hear. So the cookie kits are the brainchild of our high school committee. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. The campus committee was started about two years ago. We had a young man, Simon Jansen, who loved to volunteer for us. Unfortunately, with Habitat. Um, your age kind of limits what you can do under mm-hmm. only because of liability insurance, not because of the kids or anything like that. You know, we just all had to follow those rules of safety. And he, he said, he, um, approached me and I'm like, no, 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 we, you know, this is just life. You just, this is just it. Deal with it. And, uh, he, he approached me again and he's like, what? And he would bring me ideas. And finally, how can you not how can you not work with someone who's so motivated to help someone else? Mm -hmm. And so Simon went and gathered a team of other high school students and they all were, um, they were all students who had volunteered with Habitat and agreed with him. Mm -hmm. Either they wanted to do more of the Habitat home building construction type things, um, or they had witnessed the change in maybe um, another student's life who got a Habitat house or, um, they all came for different reasons, and um, we started out with this core group of about eight kids who just wanted to do more, and um, I wanted to be that person in the community that encouraged them to reach more in their life, because adults spoke into my life all the time as a child, and it wasn't necessarily my parents or my aunts and uncles. Of course, they all did, too. But I think as a community, if we want our community to be better, we have to do our part, too. And so um, with their initiative, we just had to find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And um, I gave Simon this book of, you know, like hundreds of pages of rules. And I'm like, figure it out. And, you know, <laughs> that kid did. He did. He went through it and he figured it out. And all the kids together worked on how, it would, how this would happen and what they would do. And so their main goal is to, when Habit, Habitat's program is a Christian housing organization, a ministry, and their, their main job is to build a house and sell it to someone who wouldn't be able to afford a house through normal or traditional means, like mm-hmm. that you would sell to them. Mm-hmm. But that's where we stop. You know, that's where Habitat for Humanity stops. And Simon and the kids, I would talk to them about, you know, what it's like. And they found their, their they had their aha moment when they're like, oh, because... These people who have a Habitat house often ha- come without the things they need for a traditional American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know that in the six houses I've been part of building, one of the families had to leave everything behind, everything that they owned, just because of circumstances with cleanliness and bugs, and they didn't want to bring anything into that new house. Mm-hmm. And the, the Habitat kids saw it as a way that they could help. So their first year, they built a bunk bed mm-hmm. for a family who um, 
didn't have because they're a three-bedroom house and they had three kids so two of the boys were gonna have to share a bedroom mm -hmm. so they needed a bunk bed the, the the rooms just aren't that big yeah and uh simon and the kids talked to a couple different shop teachers at school and uh, they came up with a plan and they raised the money and they built a bunk bed for the family and they saw how happy that family was mm -hmm. and how those boys that they go to school with every day were um were just ecstatic and then uh, that same that same family their church gave them brand new mattresses mm. to go in those bunk beds so basically you know they provided for that family and you know they've done other another family they um they had beds but they they bought them all new bedding they mm -hmm. were young kids and they bought mm -hmm. them i don't know like paw patrol you know something yeah. something cute and fun that their family funds don't allow for yeah they bought them books and bookcases and um and then this year their third house that they worked on they um was a young man who is probably going to be wheelchair bound 100%. Right now he mm -hmm. uses the wheelchair like in school and stuff because of a handicap. And they made a bed and a desk that his wheelchair can um you know access. Yeah. So just very special um that they care and they love and uh they raise the funds to do it. They are completely independent. Habitat can't sponsor their building. Mm -hmm. So these guys have to get together and they go to another another child's, another student's house. I probably shouldn't call them children. Yeah. You know, they're all old high school. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe they, they'll forgive me. But they, uh, they go to another person's, either a shop class does yeah. it or they do it in somebody's garage or whatever mm -hmm. because they can't do it through Habitat. It is yep. an independent project. And, yeah. um, but anyway, long story short, that's the yeah. cookie kit. So... This uh, cookie kit idea was um, something they brought up two years ago, and um, they organized it, and um, I really, my goal is really for them to work through everything themselves, mm -hmm. and um, I listen, I watch them work, mm -hmm. you know, process the problems together, and occasionally I'm like, okay, have you thought about this, or that's not going to work, or or whatever, mm -hmm. but um, my goal is really for them, you know, they're top of their class, they're they're the leaders in their schools. I want them to, to be little adults and do it all themselves. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it gives them the creativity to be able to think outside the box and mm -hmm. not set those limitations. So obviously he was very adamant and coming to you. Mm -hmm. And I think it is part of our job as a community to open up those opportunities, even for young adults right. um, and not sticking the limitations mm -hmm. on them. Um, cause the more we tell them that they can't do something, mm -hmm. um, they, you know, their mind just starts shutting down, their imagination doesn't keep going. Right. So as long as you can kind of play into that and help mm -hmm. motivate them and give them the opportunities, mm -hmm. they're just going to take off and thrive. And don't we all have to do that as yeah. adults? I mean, we mm -hmm. all have a framework of rules, laws, whatever that we have mm -hmm. to work within mm -hmm. for the good of society. Mm -hmm. And so what a lesson that they've learned early on. Well, so. and I love how, you know, you gave them the book and this is what they can do and this is what they can't do. And they found the gray area. Right. You yes. Know? Because I had no time to go through yeah. all those pages. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. love that because there's always, it's not, can we do this? It's how can we do this? Right? And yes. it's never black and white. You have that gray area in every aspect of life. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter if somebody tells you, you can't do it. You can, you just mm -hmm. got to find a way mm -hmm. around it mm -hmm. to still legally do it. The do right it. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Correct. So that's, that's absolutely inspiring. So now, can any high school student be part of that program? Right. So how they have it set up right now is we have what we call leadership team. And these are the kids. There's like, they started with about um, six to eight and, you know, a couple have graduated already. And now they're up to 10. And um, it's very important. And this this was board directed that all four area high schools, so SCOTUS, Lakeview, Columbus Public, and Nebraska Christian, 
are all represented. All of their school boards and principals had to be on board. Um, and we try to make sure we have representatives on the leadership team mm-hmm. of the, that smaller group, that core group from all the high schools. Um, and they are really, they, they're the driving force. They're the decision makers. They um, decide, they evaluate the new homeowner, decide what they need. They talk to the homeowner mm-hmm. and ask how they can um, help their life be better. Um, so, and then when they have the decisions made, then they reach out to all the high schools. So when we were making those cookie kits, we made the, they rolled out the cook, they mixed and rolled out and baked the cookies in November. Mm-hmm. And there, there were a hundred kids from all four high schools oh doing, you know, different roles, different time frames through yeah. the whole thing. So they kind of got like a system all set out and planned. How many did you guys sell this year? <sighs> Because <laughs> um, I know I bought a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, funny story, and I don't know if I should admit this to the public. I want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> well, um, on that in that weekend in November, they made about forty five hundred cookies. Oh my god. And uh, that was way up from last year because of you know we had a large purchase from KW Elite. Uh, the teammates from both Butler County and Columbus came on mm-hmm. board, oh. which I think was a fantastic idea. Yeah. You know, supporting nonprofits and and programs, and it gave the mentees and mentors something to do mm-hmm. they they're mm-hmm. going to decorate them together um but anyway they planned to they want they originally wanted to make six thousand and uh nicholas zuha is on our leadership committee and his mom is elaine zuha she's a nutritionist with easy nutrition consulting okay. and she's like i we can't do six thousand kids so we can't so they settled on 4500 we made them Elaine taught them how to box them, and we froze them up at uh, Drennan Feedlots, uh-huh. donated their large farm freezer for the oh cookies. They were in boxes. And uh, we, when we went to pack them last Friday, there was about 800, 1,000 cookies missing. <gasps> <laughs> we have no idea what happened to these cookies. And I, the kids, when they, they counted them, they double-checked. Then they triple checked, and I, I would send different kids to the – I'm like, all right, go add these up one more time. We've got to be right. And all, so all the numbers are there. We still have the notes. I'm like, where are these cookies? So somewhere, someone's going to find a box of sugar cookies or two. It's actually probably like two or three boxes of sugar cookies. And they're probably ornaments, the shape of an ornament. So, but that, but it was a great thing. I mean, not, not that we lost the cookies, but, um, lost cookies. That's funny. They just got up and walked away. I know, right? (laughs) Anyway, uh, but so here we are Friday night, ready to pack the cookie kits for delivery on mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and we don't have enough. You know, the frosting is all laid out. The sprinkles are all laid out. They've got this great assembly line process going, and we're out of cookies. But I said, I gathered the leadership team around, and I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? Solve this problem. And, you know, they threw things out like, well, because we didn't have enough for, like, two big groups that yeah. we had promised to. We had enough for all the individual orders. Uh-huh. And uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to call them? And tell them we can't, you know, you ordered these, but we can't do it. Yeah. And they decided that, no, they're going to um, make more. So that uh, instead of doing it with all the volunteers, though, we just weren't set up and lined up for that. Everybody went home and made four or five batches of the dough at home. Yeah. And then they brought it. And Sunday, as people picked up their cookie kits, they made another, I don't know, I don't know what the number is, like another thousand cookies. 
and but but it's all right. Look yeah. at that problem yeah. solving they went through Absolutely. and they figured it out and yeah, they failed forward. Yeah. And that is the perfect yeah, thing to happen to anybody is you fail forward, you figure it out because you're always going to have obstacles. You're always going to have something that comes up mm-hmm. into your way. So if you can think outside the box and figure out a way to still make it happen, it's considered failing forward and it's the best way to learn from I, I any agree. experience. And they 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 thrived. They yeah. did they did wonderful. Everything was delivered on time and Yes, that's awesome. That is amazing. So. Um, okay, so let's go back to basically Habitat for Humanity in general. Well, I guess if somebody, if a high schooler was interested in getting a part or being a part of that, what would they need to do or who would they contact? They would contact their representatives at their school. Oh, okay. And, and uh, you know, those have been in the newspaper. Those have been on the Verley. They have been on, uh, they have a Facebook page, the Habitat for Humanity of Columbus Campus Committee. Okay. They can email the Habitat, you know, email our Columbus Habitat email, anything, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll connect them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So then tell us a little bit about Habitat for Humanity for those who maybe don't know anything about it. Um, how are they funded? And then how do people qualify and, um, what sort of things do you look at when it comes to qualifications for that individual? Okay. So Habitat for Humanity is, um, first of all, we're, we're affiliated in Columbus. So every affiliate has their own set of guidelines and processes and programs under the umbrella of Habitat International. But um, in Columbus, we've been here 11 years, and we have built one or two houses a year, um, and we do that through an application period to qualify. And there's three three um, parameters that every future homeowner has to fall under. They have to qualify financially. So um, it, the HUD guidelines... Mm-hmm by the federal government is what we go by. Okay. Um, and those are, those are prorated based on number of people in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of thing, free and reduced lunch kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you are low income, mm-hmm. um, but they have to be low income and still have the ability to pay. Okay. So, um, because a Habitat house isn't free. That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest mistakes people make. They buy their house in a 30-year mortgage. The mm-hmm. only differences between you and I and them is that their mortgage is um, interest-free for the 30 years. That's the difference. Oh. Oh, it is. Oh, I right. didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, it's a 30-year mortgage, and it is interest-free. Um, and it's the mortgage basically is the cost of construction um, without the labor charges. That's how we make it affordable. Wow. Um, and the interest. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interest, I swear, makes makes a majority oh, of your payment, especially for the first 10 years. Right. It's yeah. huge. So it's a really good deal, especially in a housing market like Columbus, yes. where, where, they're, they're, where you're the expert. And mm-hmm. um, the uh, then we also do put a second deed of trust on the house. And that is the difference between the price that they paid for it mm-hmm. and the, the value of it, the appraised value of it. Okay. So that protects the community's interest. So it can't, you know, because... Um, I think last year's house was, we finished like at 130-ish, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Usually we're like at 90. Yeah. So we had like forty to $50,000 more in charges last year, and we didn't buy anything different. Just, it's the, just cost the cost of material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the board kind of had, we kind of had to subsidize last year's house, which is the first time we've ever done that. <laughs> and, uh, um but that, that second deed of trust, you know, then our house is appraised like at 145-ish right uh-huh. right now. Mm-hmm. So that second deed of trust covers that. So it can't just be flipped because our, our investors, you know, we have to protect ourselves and yes. them because they're donating our money, yeah, their money to, to our program. And um, 
And then, um, so ability to pay and willingness to partner is the third parameter that they fall under. You know, not everybody is willing for me to go around and talk on TV about their life Mm -hmm. because some of these, I just can't believe some of the houses these people live in in Columbus. It's just awful that our children are growing up in places that have possums under their couch and mold in their, you know, anyway. So yeah. that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so um, they have to be willing to partner, which also includes a sweat equity. So at our affiliate, a single parent has to put in 200 hours of their own personal time to mm-hmm. build their own home alongside the volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're a married couple, which we have not had yet in Columbus, we've had a few apply, okay. but um, they have to do 400 okay. hours. So 200 each. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So then, and then, so basically, and then where do they finance their funds through? Well, at this point, we have been our own bank at this time. Okay. Um, you know, if if we run out of funds or something, we would have to sell those mortgages at a loss to, to, to our pool of revenue, to yeah. raise our pool of revenue. So, so basically, the people will purchase the property at $130,000 interest-free mm-hmm. on a 30-year mortgage. So mm-hmm. their payments, and then obviously they would still have to pay taxes and insurance. Yeah, we do escrow it because, again, that's part of our protection of our mm-hmm. community. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so then you say you, you file a second deed of trust. Now, is that a lien against the property then as well? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, and actually, that second deed of trust, after after 15 years, is 100% forgiven. Okay. So if they live in the house for 15 years, mm-hmm. um, they only have to pay back the first mortgage. Okay. So, but if they sell it before then, then they have to pay that, that difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and we is have, that yeah. interest-free as well then? That second part? Yeah, that second? just sits there. Okay. That just sits there until one of the two things yeah. happen. Either they oh, move wow. or they... But our oldest house sold this year. The, mm-hmm. the owner had to move closer to family who were aging. Uh-huh. Um, and so we have ne- we've never everybody's always had to pay back that second deed yeah. of trust. So yeah. and they yeah. and they have still come out ahead. They've still come out, you know, they've reached their their goal. They are financially independent and they have enough to mm-hmm. purchase another home. Oh, I imagine. To continue home ownership. That interest so. free. <laughs> That's the amazing part, seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then obviously qualification. How many applications do you probably get every year? Well, it's different every year. Um, our goal, we would really like 20 20 in the 20 range Mm -hmm. this year our pool was very small and we don't know why uh we don't know this is where we're at in our you know just our year of of moving just our just our uh, what we do every year so Mm -hmm. we're evaluating why why our pool of applicants was so small this year if it was the timing of our orientation you know our manufacturing places in town have um had considerable salary increases this mm-hmm. year. I don't know if you've noticed that. So do, do we not qualify like we used to? Yeah. We're, we're, we're evaluating all of that right now. Our family selection committee is deciding how to increase that pool. Mm-hmm. But um, even in the, the slimmer picking years like this year, we've never had a problem finding somebody who qualifies and is and truly needs the it. right kind of person we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's probably a little hard going through those applications and making that decision? I mean, do you feel a lot of pressure almost? Do you get people who are upset when they don't get chosen? Well, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't make the decision as the executive director Mm -hmm. that comes from the committee and then the committee gives it to the board. And I don't know that, you know, there's a number of um, ladies who, or not just ladies, but a number on the committee who do the home visits. I, I, I don't know how they can do it. And it just breaks my heart. One this Ugh. year, this year, I had a family at the orientation 
who I was just chatting with. I, I'm only there as support. I don't even run the orientation or anything. And she said her disabled son is living in their trailer, but he needs so much room for his needs that they have another child who lives in the shed that they've just butted up against the trailer. <gasps> I know. And I thought, how can, how can we let that happen? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, and they, they don't, they, and they were too poor to even qualify for a habitat house. Oh my god! But we have a child in this town who lives in, and in, in my mind, it's one of those little metal sheds, you know, yeah. with the pull apart doors. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Marie and Moses who got our house last year, they lived in a trailer, just you know, on Forty Eighth Avenue, and it's taped together. You know, it, we went into that deep freeze last year. Do you remember that? You know, where it was like, what, 150 below zero or whatever? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And our board said to me, they're like, Lori, they cannot stay in that house. Offer them a hotel. We will, you know, the board was willing to pay for that out of their own pocket. And I called Maria and I'm like, Maria, let us, her pipes froze, you know? And, I, and I'm like, Maria, let us, let us put you up during this deep freeze. The board just cares about you. Even though this isn't a habitat thing, they're just going to pay for it out. And her response was, no, we'll just stay in our smallest bedroom with all our blankets. I know, right? Oh. Our, we don't realize how fortunate we are. Yeah. Uh-huh. And even here in Columbus, where I wouldn't think I things like that happen. Yeah. But anyway. and, and the, I think the sad part is, is it, I don't know if it's necessarily that we let it happen. It's, we don't know it's happening. Well, and that's kind of the problem, too. Or, or the, the people who, who are, who are here are, that's okay with them. Yeah. Like that it was okay with Marie and Moses to stay like that. Yeah. That they are just so grateful to have a home and to be in America that mm -hmm. they, that they'll do that. Yeah. Like yeah. they have almost either too much pride or they just don't really see it as a, as a problem because like you said, they're just so fortunate to have even just a roof over their head that mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. are grateful for that alone. But mm -hmm. I mean, in addition to not having water or how cold it was but so that's what keeps me going yeah. that's what that's where I can go and share the mission of habitat where, with other people because what we do is we really do change the life we don't just change the situation we educate we educate our homeowners on finances um, money management community resources um, we're adding a lawn care <laughs> section you know we really yeah. want our citizens our our habitat homeowners to become productive citizens mm -hmm. and set them mm -hmm. up for success not right. for failure just mm -hmm. to because mm -hmm. it's more than just owning a house and having those payments it's maintaining it keeping up with it and doing all of that mm -hmm. um for those who don't qualify or like the family you said that they were they didn't qualify because they didn't make enough mm -hmm. um which probably sounds crazy to a lot of people but do they have any resources here in Columbus that could help them with well, anything? Well, um, on our family selection committee is uh, Tammy Bickelmeyer with the United Way. And Tammy's job is um, community resources over at the United Way. Mm -hmm. So they do have, she does have the opportunity to share and maybe help as needed. Mm -hmm. But again, it's a fine line to, as I understand it, to walk between you know, what people ask for, what they need, and, you know, how, mm -hmm. how we can't insert our, ourselves into people's Everybody's lives. lives, yeah. Which, you know, I probably have a tendency to do so because <laughs> I'm like, here's a problem, we need to fix it. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, go away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I know. Because, I mean, I worked in the, in the field for actually mentally ill adults years ago, and it, there's a fine line between enabling and helping. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people truly, truly, truly need the help, but usually the people who truly need it have a lot of pride and they don't or they don't have the resources to and connections to find out what resources are out there 
and then there's on the other side you have people who take advantage mm-hmm. of those nonprofit organizations and it's it's a very very hard thing to decide mm-hmm. on who you're going to help and how much you're going to help them with because you don't like you said you can't put yourself into their life mm-hmm. everybody's let alone you know every part of their life so it is definitely a very very fine line um i guess so and you're the executive director at habitat for humanity mm-hmm. and you've been there for four years mm-hmm. and you're going on your fifth year now you've done six homes yes okay mm-hmm. okay and then um i guess and as i've as my tenure we've done six since uh-huh. you've been there right habitat yes. is has built 12 okay okay 11 in columbus and one in skylar we partnered with a community group oh. in skylar yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then um now do you try to f- mainly focus on columbus then our bylaws are within two a two mile radius of columbus oh mm-hmm. okay okay Cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And do you work with the same contractors or are they always different? Oh, uh, no. we could not do what we did without the contractors we yeah. have. And I don't know. Can I mention names? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give them a shout out. So absolutely. I, I cannot people like John Oberst, Oberst plumbing. We cannot do what we do without him. He does our bathrooms, our plumbing every year. Aww. And he comes when we, you know, in order for the the volunteers to stay on track, we have a 16-week build schedule. If if the contractors didn't come when yes. it was, we, we couldn't continue, you know, staying on track, and then I'd have to reschedule the volunteers. And, you know, mm-hmm. when we have a church group or a business who's come to volunteer for the day and we have to say we reschedule, they're not going to come back. I mean, nobody yeah. has time for that. And yeah. so if our contractors didn't help us, you know, just on our last, um, just on our last house, you know, we, since I've been here now, now, um, it's been a pretty consistent group since I've been here for the four years. So, you know, John Obris has done all the plumbing. Eric Spiker has done the, the mm-hmm. electrical, um, mm-hmm. Van Deest has done the heating and air every single time. Oh my we've had, yeah, we've had a lot of help from, um, the Columbus home builders and LV yeah. construction. Last year we were in a bind with our sheeting on our roof and LV construction came out they said, Lori, you need to give us more notice. And I said, I wish I could. <laughs> right. And they came out and threw that sheeting on so that our roofer, you know, good guys roofing came out and they did yeah. the roof completely for free. You know, yeah. everybody, it's hard to turn down a good cause yeah. when you're a good person. Yeah. And, um, everybody, um, if everybody would just do their part, just, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, just tell me, I'll only ask you once every five years, but mm-hmm. you know, come mm-hmm. on, just do it once now and I won't talk to you again mm. for five years <laughs> or whatever you know <laughs> everybody does something different yeah but. yeah and I'm, I'm gonna go back to staying on track because actually I use um Spiker and Obrist and Van Dees. they're they're all doing a project of mine but time frame and timeline especially when you have other volunteers set up is so crucial because like you said you have everybody lined up and then if the, if it doesn't fall into place or mm-hmm. if something does not go right and you have to reschedule you're not going to have that many people and then plus you have to try to reschedule everything it is a nightmare mm-hmm. obviously a little bit different when it, you're doing a rehab versus a new construction but it is very crucial for contractors to stay on that timeline and I'm sure that's something that you truly appreciate, not only their time, but, you know, mm-hmm. being dedicated to right, the time frame right. and, and committed. Right. And not just their time, but financially, you know, none of them, none of those people we mentioned charge us full price, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they, they come when I or the construction manager call, they do a really good job. And if there's a problem, um, like, like this year, 
the toilet had a hole in it. I've never heard of this, but we we have a brand new toilet sitting in the house, and mm-hmm. she would flush the toilet, and this water would squirt out the out the side of the bowl and just create this little tiny uh, flood. And you know, Obris came over and he fixed it, like yeah. right, like he gave her a new toilet right away. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, so it's it's preparation, it's the readiness, and it's a follow through that yeah. they just provide services for us that mm-hmm. you know I can't do. Yeah, because material does come malfunctioned, and you don't know oh, that yeah. it's malfunctioned that was a total until yeah, production issue. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and you don't know it's malfunctioned until it's been used regularly, and a lot of times the malfunction may not come up until it's been used you know 20 15 times so they may go through and flush and run everything but mm-hmm. until it actually gets used properly you don't know if there's an actual malfunction so we're going to give a shout out to obras plumbing um spiker electrical and then van deest so they've kind of been there throughout the mm-hmm. many years that you've been working there they've mm-hmm. been a huge impact for the contractors right. they right they have given us significant financial and time discounts that's mm-hmm. awesome we have a lot of contractors in town mm-hmm. and they all give us some kind of discount but um, those are probably our three biggest ones. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, just coming together as a community. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it takes. It takes mm-hmm. a village. That's what they say. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. when you're raising raising a family or you're raising a kid. It's not just about the mm-hmm. parents. It's the entire community and the village. So, mm-hmm. well, I truly appreciate you being here, Lori. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This has been amazing. And I know Lisa's a big part of Habitat for Humanity. You guys had a big fundraiser for Taste of Columbus this year. Oh, yes. That was amazing. Yes. I uh reap the benefits on one of those. <laughs> I, I won. I'm going with one. I won the dog. Um, she's uh-huh. fantastic. Her and my other dog get along great. She's massive. She's definitely going to be bigger than my, than my other dog. Um, but I was probably my kids more than I was, but super excited. And I think, I mean, how, how do you feel about the taste of Columbus went for Habitat for Humanity? I know it was a lot to yeah. put together. Well, but... you know, those, those ladies and now Dawson, I shouldn't say just ladies. Oh because... yeah. At the chamber, it's they've got it down to a science. Oh yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing, and uh, they made it fun and enjoyable. And they asked, you know, very little of us, and mm-hmm. we did whatever they asked. And mm-hmm. but you know, that taste of Columbus is not successful without our community. No, you know, for example, you got that beautiful dog. Which first of all, when I started, when I knew about that donation, I, <laughs> I was like, yes, how fun is that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so unexpected. And people in the community were like, are you really auctioning off a dog? I'm like, yeah, you should see it. It's adorable. (laughs) But then, you know, that family, you won that dog, and Mm -hmm. one of the owners comes up to me and says, we'll donate another one. Yeah. And and we auctioned two dogs off. Well, they actually offered the dog to the person who was bidding against me. Yeah, and so he was able to get that one. But she was, I I talked to the person who raised the dog, and she was very nervous, which I totally understand. Um, but it's a fantastic job. Our dog um, trained already, had already gone through obedience classes. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know mm-hmm. that. Everything. Nice. So I didn't know the dog was going to be on the auction. And I was actually sitting at the table and I saw a puppy and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so I ran uh-huh. over there and I'm petting it. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be going on for auction, you know, here in a little bit. And my husband looks at me and he's like, no, shit, <laughs> you're not doing it. I'm like, well, we'll see. So then they started auctioning it off. And then, you know, I was like, just raise my hand and he just put his head down. <laughs> well, so you better make stop. up for that at Christmas time. <laughs> you better get yep. to something. <laughs> he loves it. So he's actually, it's, it's probably more his dog. Really? Uh, yeah. Because uh-huh. he's a big hunter. Oh, perfect. And so labs are really, really good at that. She fetches, which is amazing. Uh-huh. Our other dog is just like, uh, are you, am I supposed to run after that thing? You know? And, but Jasmine, we kept her name uh-huh. and she is all over it. So we absolutely love her. Um, she's a great addition to our family. So, and I told my husband, I'm like, I'm, it, this is supporting the community. You know, that's right. that was, that's it's right. not because I wanted the dog. I'm supporting the community and right. a good cause. Uh-huh. So it worked out great. 
Yes. It was, it was, it was a great. And <laughs> if people would not purchase dogs at auctions mm-hmm. or donate them, it, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know when I sit at home and think, I think, how can, you know, how can people keep giving? You know, we yeah. think about how we need to raise our funds for Habitat. And, you know, Lisa is our fundraising mm-hmm. chairman. Mm-hmm. And, and we throw out ideas. And I'm like, we can't ask our community to do that, too. You know, they are just bombarded yeah. all the time between yeah. the schools and our nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yeah. we just, but yeah, we do. And mm-hmm. yeah, they come through. Yeah. and yeah. Well, and, and and truly there is more money in the community than what we all kind of know. And when people can even just give a little bit, it makes a huge mm-hmm. difference. It helps this community to keep going and to keep surviving and mm-hmm. growing. Columbus is growing substantially. Mm-hmm. So without these nonprofit organizations and people like you and volunteers, we can't make that mm-hmm. happen. You know, mm-hmm. and it's so vital to a thriving community to be able to have those resources. So... I mean, I truly thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's an amazing thing that oh, you guys do. I don't do anything. And, well, no, you do. You do. I mean, it, you you put a lot of time and dedication and thought, and I mean, it's always on the top of your mind. So even though you may feel like you're not physically doing something, mm-hmm. you still need people to overlook the entire mm-hmm. process to help it go smoothly. Like if you're setting up mm-hmm. contractors and volunteers, that alone is a huge commitment huge commitment you know and making sure that they're going there and showing up Mm because you can set things up but if they're not showing up it's all going to crumble and fall apart so I mean without people like you and other volunteers in the community it's not possible at all so we truly appreciate that and I truly appreciate you coming in and talking to me about it so if somebody is interested in either volunteering or being part of the Habitat for Humanity or even volunteer applying for their or for a house, where would they need to go? Well, our Habitat for Humanity of Columbus website has everything, all the information to contact um, the applications. Um, when we have an orientation session, we uh, that information is up there. So that's the easiest way. Um, they can always call the Habitat office. It's in the phone book or, you know. Um, um, what is your website? www.hfhcolumbusne.org. Okay, okay. Well, maybe add a link into the bio or description of it mm-hmm. so people can check that out. So. And the, the, the email address is on there for the office and the phone number. Um, and what is the email in case um, like people are, who are listening to this? Info, I-N-F-O at hfhcolumbusne.org. Okay. So almost the same. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. And, uh, you know, we, we love volunteer time. We love donations. You know, um, there's so many ways to donate to Habitat besides money. Um, you know, when you call me up and say I have a fridge, um, we oh, make, we go. can't use that in our house, but we do resell it on classifieds. You know, we have a garage, so we have the holding area if you need oh, to get it out of your house. Yeah. Um, um, oh, that's a, so, see, yeah, most people don't know that. So you don't necessarily use those for the homes, but you can use it to resell, to mm-hmm. raise funds, mm-hmm. to be able to buy mm-hmm. a new one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. Right. And it's not a lot, but it adds up, you know, this mm-hmm. month we had a, you know, we had an appliance package that brought a thousand dollars into our, you know, mm-hmm. into our home building program. So yeah, definitely I, adds up. If, yep. if everybody mm-hmm. knew that, instead of just tossing or getting rid of them, you could probably add so much more mm-hmm. than what you do now. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, it may not be a lot 
per item, but it definitely adds up mm-hmm. over time. So our houses cost about $82 per, except for last year, which, <laughs> you know, is an anomaly, mm-hmm. about $82 per square foot. Okay. And so I always, That's when awesome. I sell something, I'm like, can you give us $82 and pay mm-hmm. for one square foot of, ah, you know, the house? Yeah. It's so. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Good way to put it. Yeah. $82 a square foot. That's pretty cheap. That's really right? cheap. Isn't I mean, it? really. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. What do you know what off the top of your head, what the Columbus square foot? Well, if you're doing a new build, you're looking at anywhere from, especially with a finished basement, probably two. 225 to 250 okay. square foot mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. so that's less than half on mm-hmm. what you guys are able to do yeah. so um but yeah i mean two last year is 250 this year too uh, probably about that um i would say prior to that it was closer to 200 but okay. i mean because cost of material has gone right. up Interesting, so isn't yeah. It? yeah i mean it depends on the the material but that's kind of average for a new build mm-hmm. so but no, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, and if anybody is interested, please uh, check out the website, send them an email, whether you want to volunteer, donate, donate appliances, whatever it is, they'd be happy to take any donations. So we'll check that out. Okay. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you.